Alright, you get on a plane. You're going to Brazil, you're going for the World Cup. Alright, yeah, you're going to have a great time. You go with your friends, they're all on the plane. Family, they're on the plane. You pretty much fill the plane with everyone you know. Uh, your girlfriend's on the plane. Um, everyone you know's on the plane, right? You go on there, you're loving it as much as you could. Like, long plane trip to Brazil would be pretty annoying, but it's pretty good. You've got comfy seats, they give you good plane food, not this just ratty stuff that you get half the time. Um, you just got cans of Coke just coming and coming, watching a sweet movie, watching X-Men on the TVs, because they always have new movies on there. Actually, they normally have them before they come out. You've got the new X-Men, like, before this one, like, days of present, future, tomorrow. Um, <laughs> so you watch it, you're having the best time, you're on the plane. And then, through the speakers, comes the pilot, and he goes, Tension all passengers, there has been a mechanical failure in our plane. Um, the plane will begin rapidly decreasing in 30 minutes and will reach the ocean in a further 30 minutes. There is zero chance of survival. You, me, everyone, we're going to die in an hour. Okay, pretty much. It gets pretty blunt. Okay? goes down an hour. You have one hour to live. What do you do? What do you do? Now, that's a good question to ask because that question... That question is a lot like life, yeah? In life, we know it's going to end. We don't deny that. We know it's coming. And we all just have to decide, what will I do before it ends for me? What will I do with my one hour? What will I do with my 80 or so years? And that question is answered by all of us. How will we spend our life? What will be a good way to spend our life before we croak? And that's what God will answer for us in Ecclesiastes tonight. So Ecclesiastes, you know, it's a book, it's a book written by the teacher, is what it tells us. He's like a life teacher. And in this book, he ponders life and he writes down the stuff that he finds out. And he teaches us about life and he doesn't hold back even a little bit. He asks the tough questions, he gives the hard answers, and he tells it like it is, even though it ain't fun to hear. This is what Ecclesiastes is like. Ecclesiastes is the bloke who goes to the cemetery in the middle of the day while everyone's visiting their loved ones. And he just walks past Steve's grave and goes, dead, 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 he's dead, she's dead, not coming back, none of is dead. That's Ecclesiastes. It tells it exactly how it is, even though it is not nice to hear. All right? That's Ecclesiastes. Cuts right down to business. And this is what this part of Ecclesiastes is teaching us. Life is meaningless because we all die in the end. Let me take you through the teacher's journey. Okay, look at verse 12 and 13. If you've got your Bibles open, keep them open. Verses 12 and 13 says this, I, the teacher, was king over Jerusalem. I applied my mind to study and to explore by wisdom all that is done under the heavens. So basically, he has this big experiment, this big life-size experiment. He's going to explore by wisdom everything he can do in life. And his conclusion is meaningless. It's all good for nothing. Check out verse 14. I've seen all the things that are done under the sun. All of them are meaningless. Chasing after the wind. Now, he tried lots of things. I'll show you the different things that he tried. First, he tried having it all. He tried having everything he could have. Everything he could want to have. Look at this verse. If you've got your Bibles, look down at 2 verse 10. If you don't, you can look on the screen. But if you've got your Bibles, look down. He says, I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. He wanted it, he got it. 
Now, he was a king, so he literally could just go and get anything he wanted. Check out some of the stuff he got. Here's some of the stuff that he got. I'll chuck it on the screen. It'll go from verses 3 to 9. He tried drinking heaps of wine. He built heaps of houses for himself. He made sweet gardens. He had slaves that could do whatever he wanted. He had a sweet farm with heaps of animals. He had silver and gold and heaps of it. And he had, this one's pretty good, he had personal like singers, like musician, musicians, that he just had on call at all times. He's like, I want a singer? I've got a singer. Come sing for me. That's pretty good. <laughs> he, had, he, he had everything he could ask for. Everything he wanted, he got it. He was living the good life for sure. But then look at verse 11, what he said at the end of it. When I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless. A chasing after the wind, nothing was gained. Having it all, meaningless. Bump on. Big fail. So he tried another way to go. He tried being the wise man, he tried being the fool. Okay, he tried being like Yoda and like SpongeBob. Right? Wise man, fool. No one thinks SpongeBob's heaps smart. Um, so check it out. It says in the verse, look at verse 12 in your Bibles. Then I turned my thoughts to consider wisdom and also madness and folly. Folly is fully, like wisdom, fully, being a fool. Uh, but again, same conclusion. Look at verse 15 in your Bibles. I said to myself, the fate of the fool will overtake me also. What do I gain by being wise? This too is meaningless. Being the wise man, being the fool, meaningless. Okay, big foul. Yeah, and he leads to the conclusion we saw in verse 14. It's all meaningless. Everything's meaningless. But why? Why is everything meaningless? He tried this stuff. Why is it meaningless? That's the million dollar question. That's the question you need to ask. And verses 15 and 16 will tell us. See if you can look at these verses and tell me why. If you have your Bible, look at the end of verse 15. It says, This too is meaningless for, because... The wise, like the fool, will not be remembered. The days have already come when both have been forgotten. Like the fool, the wise too must die. Tell me, what did that verse say? What makes everything meaningless? Yeah, you die. Death. Now, death is scary for lots of reasons. Death takes loved ones away from us. Death is often painful. But this teacher tells us that death makes life meaningless. No matter what you do in life, death will take it away. Death makes it all pointless. And it talks about like chasing after the wind. Okay? You get nothing from it. Has anyone ever chased the wind? Don't. It's pointless. Okay? You'll go chase the wind, you'll come back and you'll go, oh, let's see, I got nothing. Okay? It was pointless. Chasing after the wind is pointless. It's like life. You get nothing from it because you die. Think back to your plane trip. Okay, the plane's going down, you're going to Brazil. The plane's going to go down in one hour. What do you do? What is, ch- chuck at me. What are some of the things you do in that one hour? Yeah, just gifts. Yeah, yeah, I'll bet. Yeah, there's no parachute. Okay, we... You got finish the movie? Finish the movie? What do you got? No, I mean it's like going down fast. Sleep. All right, all right. Shh, shh, shh. You can all tell me your great ideas later. I'll be so excited to hear them. All right, shh, shh, shh. All right, shh, shh. There's heaps of stuff. Some of you have finished the movie. Some of you have sleep. Sleep's probably the most outrageous one. Um, 
Some of you, some of you might just freak out, and like most realistically, you probably just spend it freaking out. Um, some of you might, what, gather everyone on the plane and have one last plane party? Something like that. That's uh, maybe something good. But, shh, hear me out, hear me out. When that plane crashes and kills you, your family, your friends, and everyone else, how much does it matter what you did in that hour? It doesn't matter. You're dead. It was all meaningless. You get nothing out of that hour. If you learnt heaps of stuff in that hour, maybe you learnt stuff about planes as it was plummeting, pointless. You're dead. If you made a new friend on that plane, if you made a call and made some money on the stock exchange, you had a plane party, you watched a movie, you're dead and it was all pointless. It's just like life. Life just goes for longer. You're going to die. It's coming. And no matter what we spend our little bit of time here doing, what we do will be pointless in the end. Yeah? No matter how much, no matter how well you do at sport, no matter how good grades you get, no matter who you're friends with, no matter how much fun you have, you will die and it will be meaningless. So, Curtis, cheers for the pep talk on the Friday night. Okay, everything's pointless. What do you want me to do about it? Why are you depressing me so much? Well, there's three responses to this that I want you to see. Okay, three responses that the Bible gives us. When you realize that death will make your life meaningless, there's three ways to go about life. First one is give up and despair. Okay, your life is meaningless. Anything you do is pointless. Give up. That's what the teacher thought about. Check out 2 verse 20. Verse 20 in your Bibles. Screen if you don't have one. So my heart began to despair over all my toilsome labor under the sun. Now this makes a lot of sense. Life's going to end despair. It's, it's sad. And it's true. And despair makes a lot of sense. But I want to offer you something far better than despairing. Far better than giving up. Something else that the teacher tells us to do. If death makes life meaningless, the best thing to do, to do is enjoy life. If the plane is going down, you could spend that last hour freaking out about the plane going down, or you could look out the window and enjoy the view. Okay, You're going to die anyway. You might as well enjoy the time while you've got. Check out 2 verse 24 in your Bibles if you've got it. A person can do nothing better than to eat and drink and find satisfaction in their own toil. Now, doesn't that make a lot of sense? Life's going to end. Enjoy it while you can. Don't try and find meaning in life. It's not there to be found. Just enjoy the ride. Hang with your friends. Travel to cool places. Eat nice food. Enjoy life. If the plane's going down, enjoy the view. Now, I want to show you a video. This is a video of a person who has realized that death makes life meaningless. He knows there's no meaning of life, and he gets it. The best thing you can do is just enjoy the view. Check out this guy's, this guy's perspective. Yeah, that's good enough then. Anyway, he says it's all meaningless. 
Anyway, he just, he just says, get on with it. Okay, he pretty much goes, no, don't worry about why you're here. Just get on with life. You're here. Get on with life. Alright? It makes sense. We're here. Don't worry about finding meaning. There is no meaning. It's meaningless. Just get on with life. Enjoy the view. Now, this is the best we can do if life is meaningless. But Jesus gives us something even better. Real hope of eternal life. Jesus offers us an option far better than despair or enjoying the view. He gives us real hope of eternal life. I'll prove it. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1. You can look at this one on the screen. Don't need to flick to it. It says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope. Did you guys catch that? Because that was huge. Look at that verse. It says, God has given us a living what? Hope. Jesus offers us hope. Real hope. Not like when you go, Oh, I hope it won't rain tomorrow. Okay, That's not the hope it's talking about. It means a way out of a bad situation. Hope is the opposite of despair and giving up. It's like if you're stranded at sea and there's no one knows you there and you're just floating by yourself and you've given up and you're just waiting there to drown. You have no hope. Okay? But then a ship comes and a ship is heading your way and a ship's found you and it's coming. You now have a hope. That ship is your hope. A way out of your sucky situation. That's Jesus. He gives us a hope, a way out of our meaningless life. Now, what's the hope? What, is, what does he give us? Check out the verse. It says, In his great mercy, he's given us new birth into this living hope and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you. This hope is a hope of heaven, eternal life, where death is not the end. And it tells us that our hope can never perish, spoil, or fade. It can't be taken away. And it says that because of Jesus' resurrection. Now, isn't this the best option by far? Now, most people, they can't see past option two. They just think, well, life's meaningless. Let's make the most out of life. Let's enjoy life. Let's enjoy the view. But we don't have to give up so easy. We have a real hope of eternal life. Our life is not made meaningless by death. Jesus gives us a way out. How awesome is it that Jesus gives us a hope? He sets us free from the meaninglessness of life. He gives us eternal life. We don't have to give up and despair. We don't have to just enjoy life because that's the best we have. We have hope. We have a way better than anyone else. We have eternal life with Jesus. So I've got three. Three things I want you to do. One, give up your life for Jesus. The way to have real hope of eternal life is to give your life up for Jesus. Give it up for Him. This means stop living for yourself. Give up everything you have, everything you desire, and give it up and come to Jesus. Make Jesus the ruler of your life. And this is an obvious trade. Let's say I had a rubbish bag full of bin juice. And some other bloke has a Ferrari. He's like, hey, I'll give you my Ferrari if you give me some bin juice. All right. Well, of course he would. That makes sense, yeah? We have a life that is meaningless and will get us nothing. Jesus says, I'll give you eternal life if you give up that meaningless one. 
That's an obvious trade. Okay, that's a no-brainer. But you need to decide, will you give that up for him? Will you, tonight, give up your life for Jesus? And if you are willing to do that, talk to someone. Please, talk to me, talk to your leader, talk to the friend that brought you. That's the first thing you need to do. Two, don't envy people that are enjoying life. Pray for them. If you've given up your life for Jesus, don't look at the people that haven't done that and wish that you had what they had. They have a meaningless life that will end and be done. Not to mention God's judgment and what that will bring, which we haven't even talked about. Don't envy the life they have. Pray for them. Tell them about Jesus. They need to be where you are. You are in the best spot. Now let me share with you some wise words of Lecrae. If you guys know Lecrae, rapper, yeah. Um, anyway, this is, a, this is a verse that Lecrae wrote. And it's about a Christian, a guy that went to jail and became a Christian. Uh, and this, you would expect a bloke in prison to be envying people outside of prison, wanting to be where they are. But check out this. This is different. This is pretty good. Uh, it says, right now he's home, facing 25 to life, sitting in the county jail, court-appointed, lawyer-like. He knew he'd die in prison, but was living for another life. Every time it's lights out, he's closer to the other side. His partners on the outside think he found religion as a coping mechanism when he said the Lord's risen. Get this. Now he lays awake in prison, praying for his friends in the streets. Because the truth is, he's freer than they will ever be. Christians, don't envy the meaningless life of those around you. Pray for them. Next time you're with your friends who aren't Christians, and they're swearing or drinking or being unloving or whatever, don't join in. Don't even wish you could join in. Stop and actually pray for them that they would give their life up for Jesus. Next time you see someone who isn't a Christian who has a sweet car, the bloke with a Ferrari, okay, don't wish you had what they had. Stop and pray for that person because they need to be where you are. You are better off than them. Now, last thing I want to tell you, you need to do. Stop enjoying this life like it's all you have. Christians, you have given up your life for Jesus. Do you still live like the best we can do is enjoy this life? Jesus says, give up everything and follow me. Are you still trying to enjoy this? Just in case the Jesus option doesn't work out? You still want to have fun, friends, happiness? Are you living this life like, this is it, I've got to enjoy it? I can't miss out on any fun that my friends have. If something more fun comes up on a Friday, I'm going for that because I need to make the most of this life. Your free time is just, it's all about just having fun. If you looked at your life, would it look like you were trying to enjoy it because this is it? Brothers and sisters, trust Jesus when he says, give up your life for me. And I know pretty much all of you have fallen into this trap trying to have the most fun. It's not what life's about. Look forward to the next life, the real deal. Give up your life for Jesus. Stop being caught up in this meaningless life. Life is meaningless because we all die in the end. How are you going to deal with that? 
I'm going to pray now that we can deal with that the right way and turn to Jesus. So how about you guys pray with me? Father, thank you for speaking to us in Ecclesiastes. Thank you that you tell us the truth about life. And thank you that you give us a way out. A way out of this meaningless life. You give us the hope of eternal life with you. Pray for those in this room now. I pray that they will give up their life for you. I pray that we can be living like we have eternal life to come. That we cannot get caught up in this life. I pray that we won't envy those who are enjoying life, but we can be praying for them and telling them about you.